Please, know I've got my numbers right this week. I actually got my episode numbers mixed up last week. We're up to episode 34. I said 35. I don't know what happened. Something happened. I was ill. Uh, so we're, we're actually up to episode 34. And we've had an interesting week, is how I would describe it. I think I predicted that we'd get four points, actually, but not in the order that they came. So I'm taking full full glory for that. Um, so how's... Uh, how is the world of uh, Sonny Preston treating you? Uh, oh, definitely not sunny at the moment. You got some snow? No. We had a ooh, 10 minute snow storm, if that's the right term, <laughs> earlier this afternoon. I think it might be snowing now, actually. I can yeah. see out the window. Not sticking um, here, though. No, no chance of a day off work tomorrow, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, yeah, other than the weather. Very good, very good. Good lad. Um, so, usual format, a couple of games to go over, a um, little bit of news. Carly's back with her update for the women. Um, so I've had to bribe her with money this time. No, I haven't really. Um, <laughs> Carly's back, she made it. So I've got uh, an update from Carly on the women's team uh, and some success this week. Um uh, did we say some news? We'll look at the Vanarama, see what's going on. Preview. Only one game, haven't we? Actually, the uh, the the, the grueling schedule lets up a little bit. Thankfully. Yeah, we've not got a Tuesday night game till after Easter now, haven't we? So, yeah. chance to uh, give those legs a rest. Yeah. Um, good. So, We'll start with the games. I'll let you pick which game you want to start with. Do you want the one that's fresh in your memory or do you want to dig right back to the... Mm, let's start with the one we won and is fresh in the memory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last night's game. So we uh, we took an away trip to Dagenham and Redbridge uh, and came away with a 4-0 victory. And I don't think it's just the score. I think it's the manner of the performance which perhaps was the most the thing that Boy does the most. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, scoreline, absolutely fantastic. But like you say, the performance was mind-blowing. Probably the most complete away performance I've seen from a Wrexham team for years, yeah. maybe five, ten years. Dominant from start to finish. Um, we'll go on to individual players, I'm sure, but yeah. I want to think about Andy Cannon. I thought he looked championship level if not higher in the middle of the park and it was just nice to experience an away game without going through 50 different emotions and the last few ones we've had to rely on last minute winners late drama none of that in this game went there let's not forget Dagenham are a decent team it's only 10 days ago they beat, beat Notts County yeah Notts County so they're no mugs either and it's obviously a a bogey team as well so it's a result of a performance should i say that i didn't see coming and it's given me a lot of optimism now for for the running yeah so i guess uh, well that's an hour normally before kickoff that with the team news comes through and i think the dominant thing from that was the sort of 
what's wrong with Luke Young type of uh, question that appeared all over social media, um, to which his, uh, his better half just said, yeah, he's just been rested. So uh, there was nothing sinister, no injuries. Um, it is just that, uh, um, to be fair, Phil Parkinson did say he was going to rest people. In his interview pre-game, he said he was probably going to mix it up. So we shouldn't have been surprised. Um, mm. and immediately, there was sort of comparisons to the Chesterfield game. There was kind of... Oh, the last time we dropped him, we got battered by Chesterfield. The difference is, the last time we dropped him, we didn't have Andy Cannon um, to, uh, to, you know, this Rolls Royce that just cruised into the midfield yesterday and just absolutely dominated Dagenham. As you said, I picked him as my man of the match. Uh, I'm sure other people might have picked Palmer or perhaps one of the defenders, um, but for me, he was the standout player and he made everything work. Yeah. He was the player which I saw at the end of last season for Stockport. Yeah. Calm on the ball, can find a yard of space anywhere, composed, good passing, good engine, good tackling, and just so comfortable on the ball. He, he looked like a championship player. Obviously, yeah. only a few months ago, he was a championship player at Hull City, but that performance, he took the pretty much. He made it look so, so easy. Um, made it look men against boys at times. And oh, what a performance that was. And Pock, he's got a conundrum now in regards to his midfield. He's got so many options. He's got Young, Jones, Cannon. When Tom O'Connor hopefully gets back to fitness as well, what's the dynamic of the midfield going to look like? Um, also for Elliot Lee, was a contender for Man of the Match. Yeah. Um, the Dagenham commentators... Raved um, sure about him and Cannon, weren't they? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people listened to, to the Dagenham commentary on the stream and I thought they were very good. As, as yeah, they were all right. They were all right. Yeah, yeah, very unbiased. Um, but they were raving about Elliot Lee and his runs and his intelligence, how he gets into, into pockets of space. And like you say, we could have picked three or four players as man of the match. I don't think any player, if we do the ratings later, would have scored less than a, a seven. <laughs> Maybe Rob Lainton, because he literally had nothing to do. He did. <laughs> did you see him run off at the end, though? He was definitely going to the toilet. He wasn't hanging around at full time. He was straight down the no, tunnel. No, no. <laughs> was that atomic bug? Like, yeah. he had a weekend, or he just had a toilet cold. trip, I reckon. But he was in a good place because the, the tunnel at Dagenham was right behind the goal, which he was in front of. So it was a, a quick getaway. But yeah. every single outfield player, I'd give an eight at least out of ten. I thought everyone was superb. Yeah, I thought Barnett had a good game as well uh, because he wasn't uh, tested really defensively. He was allowed to just bomb down the wing uh, and you can see how uh, once he gets a bit more familiarity, his crosses for Palmer stroke Dolby um, will be, you know, will be a real asset. Um, Speaking of Palmer, I think, you know, we saw a different Ollie Palmer after that goal. He got that early goal. Uh, and got that spring in his step again, bit of confidence, um, and was a handful last night. Um, and I think that'll be interesting come Saturday to see does Palmer stay in the team? Um, does he, you know, does Dolby just come back because Dolby hadn't done much wrong really? Um, or do we? Is you know, are we resting anybody else? Uh, I think you know we've got some real a couple of little selection problems now coming up. Yeah, but very, very nice problems to have. <laughs> yeah. 
having to choose between Ollie Palmer, who looks back to his best now, or, or Sam Dolby, who's been in great form and scoring lots of important goals. Um, obviously, the midfield as well, spoiled for choice now. Um, so we've got a luxury of riches, really, haven't we? Which is nice to have at this, this part of the season. I think in previous seasons, especially the COVID season two years ago, we were down to the bare bones, weren't we, playing... Players like Gold or Mateo week in, week out, yeah. and it was the case of if he gets injured, who else have we got? But now, absolute embarrassment of riches. And I think that's going to be the difference come the end of the season. Yeah. In the us winning the league. I think the squad depth we've got now is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, apart from Mullen, who was irreplaceable, I think we've got two players for every position who can come in and do a job. If it, was there any other surprises for you in, in you know like because he took Tony Cl he took uh, Max Cleworth out um, and mm. I, that for me wasn't a surprise having watched him against Maidenhead he was put through a put through the the whizzer really by uh, by Maidenhead so I wasn't surprised. Yeah, it was a decision I saw coming as well. Um, no disrespect to Max, he's still so so much potential and playing much above his age at the moment. He's still only 20 years old, I think. So he's not going to be the complete player yet. I think in away games um, is when he's probably most vulnerable. I think he's more than comfortable in the home matches where we dominate. He's obviously good on the ball. He's quite agile and nifty. But I think in the away matches, you do need a little bit more experience, steel, strength, um, reliability. He has looked a little bit shaky, as you say, in recent matches. Um, Maidenhead, he got the run around a little bit. And then there's other games as well where he hasn't looked quite at his best. So, yeah, no surprises for me to see Toza, Tunnicliffe and O'Connell as a back three. Um, I thought they played really well. Obviously, Tunnicliffe getting a goal at the other end as well it is a big good bonus. Goal, oh, yeah, great flicked header into the corner. Really good goal. Yeah, to sort of... Um, uh... Get around it, sort of uh, yeah, a little yeah. fraction behind him. He did really well to get that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, adding to that argument, you've got Aaron Hayden fit again in a week or two. So yeah. does he slot straight back in? Um, but to answer your question, not surprised about the team selection in regards to um, Clayworth being uh, substituted out of the team and Layton coming back into the team once he was fit. No real surprises there. I guess the only real surprise was um, the Luke Young one, um, just because he never usually gets dropped. I don't think he's missed a league game this season, apart from, was it the third match in against Chesterfield? Chesterfield in yeah. yeah. Um, but Parky's right in what he's saying. Players do need rests, and yeah. Luke Young's not had a, ma a league match off for, what, six, seven months now, so... Again, that rest will do Luke Young the world of good as well. He'll have a solid week off now where he can, uh, if he is selected for the South End game, be fresh. Yeah, I just wonder what he was... Uh, I don't know whether he was with the squad or whether he was at home watching it on the sofa. I just wonder what he was thinking, watching Andy Cannon come in, <laughs> sitting there with Tom O'Connor, obviously, obviously out injured, but not a million miles away. Um, probably thinking, uh, you know, this isn't going to be a walk in the park to get back in here if these two are, uh, uh, are fit and playing. Uh, you know, there's more competition there, isn't there? Yeah. And another midfielder who had a great game, I thought, was James Jones. Um, should, he hit the, should have scored. I think he hit the post twice, did he? 
Yeah, I think was it one of them was a deflected one. Yeah. The shot in each half, wasn't it, which hit the post. So unlucky not to score. But other yeah. than that, he was his usual himself, himself up and down the pitch, covering every blade of grass, good passing, good tackling. Um so yeah, Parky's got some some big calls now. And again, it's good because all of the players who are coming in are playing well and trying to make the position their own. So it is a nice problem to have. And the squad yeah. depth, like I say, I think is going to be the difference between us and Notts County winning the league. So obviously Jordan Davis got some minutes. McFadzine got some minutes to rest Mendy and his taped up hamstrings. Um and Mendy scored probably our be- well, it was probably our best team goal. It was a lovely move that was for him to uh, for him to uh, you know finish that off. It was uh, you know, that was a real sight to behold that. Yeah, it was A, a really good run by Jacob Mendy in, what, the 70th minute, still bombing forwards, really intelligent run. And then it's a great ball from Elliot Lee to, to see the run and see the space in behind. And I thought he'd taken it to too tight of an angle. I thought he was pushed out wide, but great clip over the goalkeeper into the corner of the net. Um, really good goal, really good goal. And Ollie Palmer as well, both of his goals very well taken, especially the first, the first one. one. Yeah. Yeah, that was key, really, because that that alleviates all the pressure, doesn't it? You get an early goal away from home, you can settle Mm. down and start to play. Uh, You're not forced to take the game to them. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And I think it's really good for Palmer as well. Obviously, he'll have seen Dolby come in and take his place and play really well, and the fans are obviously singing his name now and getting right behind him. But that was a reminder almost to the to, to Parky and the fans that Ollie Palmer is still a, a top, top class player who's capable of scoring 25 goals plus a season, an absolute nightmare for defenders. And he was close to getting man of the match as well. Not he just nearly his got goal. a hat-trick. He did have a chance. I think a defender blocked a shot from eight yeah, yards he, out or something yeah. around there. He should have scored a second in the um, first half. I think he missed a, a header from close range That's as right. well. That's right. He headed it over the bar at the back post. Yeah. Yeah, but... You've got to be there to miss them. Um, so, yeah, another massive decision for Parker, like you say, on Saturday now. Does he bring Dolby back in after a rest or does he stick with Palmer after his two goals on Tuesday? Um, be really interested to see the, the team news on Saturday. Yeah, against his old club, Dolby, he'll be really wanting to mm. uh, play that game, I guess, wouldn't he? Yeah. I just wonder whether he's... Because at some point we're going to have to rest Paul Mullin. I'm not sure what the point is. We are going to have to give him a bit of a rest. And I just wonder whether Saturday is the day. You know, South End are up the up the table, aren't they? You know, you've got to be quite. Bra- I think you've got to be quite brave to do that. But at some point, it is going to have to happen. Um, I I don't think it does. I think you can start in every match. And hopefully in these matches, by the 60-minute mark, and some of them were two, three goals up, and you can come off and have a half an hour break. And like I said at the top of the show, we've not got a Tuesday night game now until so I think that mid-April. Help, yeah. That's going to help him. And then after that, we've only got, what, four or five games left in the season. We've got the Yeovil one on the, the Tuesday. Um, I don't think there's any more Tuesday matches after that. I'll no, double I think check. that's the last one, Yeah, yeah. I think we can get away with, with starting him every game. and Run him into the ground. Is that what you're saying, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> Give him a break over the summer. He can have an extra week off for his holiday. But I'd still, you can't drop Paul Mullen, even if he's 75% fit. 
I think you've got to play him at this stage in the season. Let's get us over the line, Paul, <laughs> please. Okay. Uh, any other takeaways? And I was, I mean, I was just, I, was, I, I thought we, after, given the upset from the weekend that we, that we might struggle, and I'd predicted us for a score draw. So to blow them out of the park like we did, you know, that was really pleasing. Like you say, it gives you a real confidence boost going into some of these tough games that we've got coming up. But any other takeaways, anything else that stood out for you? I think it was nice for us to just go for the kill and not rest on our laurels at 1-0 yeah, or 2 the mistake at the week. One of the mistakes at the weekend, perhaps, wasn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah, exactly. We go a goal up or two goals up sometimes and we lose our concentration like we did at Aldershot. Uh, Maidstone, that Maidenhead as well, of course. But this was a complete performance from minute one to minute 90. Didn't give him a sniff at all. Apart from maybe a five-minute spell in the first half, just after we scored, they did have a little bit of pressure then. But yeah, other than that, it was just complete dominance. So it was nice just to see us keep on going, getting that third goal, getting that fourth goal, and keep on pushing for more goals, and taking no prisoners. And great travelling crowd as well. 800 and... Over 800. Yeah, it was 8-4-8 on a Tuesday night down in what, East London. No other team in the National League, dare I say League 2 as well, would do that. Absolute superb travelling support. Yeah, especially when you've got access to it as well now via streams, etc. That really does uh, put pressure on your away support, I guess. And uh, yet still they turned up and uh, were were loud. Uh, You know, we could definitely hear them. We could definitely see them behind that goal, so... uh... Yeah, credit to uh, credit to everybody who made it again. Okay, yeah. do we do we do we roll into the Saturday game then? Oh yeah, you mean last Saturday's or this yeah, Saturday? Yeah, last Saturday's. Do we um, roll? Straight yeah, in? we have to, don't we? Yeah, we, we, we have to. Obviously, we have to. <laughs> uh, so, um, obviously, on the on in front of the TV cameras, uh, we rocked up at Maidenhead, came away with a two-all draw. Lots of people think that that's all we deserved. Uh, I guess, what was your, before we dig into the detail of it, what was your overall thoughts? Um, Not our best performance. I think we deserved to win, yeah. just about. Um, I think if we win 2-1 and that mistake at the end doesn't happen, I think people say, yeah, job done. We've gone away to a, another one of our bogey teams. Tough yeah. place to go. Saturday night in front of the cameras and we've got the job done. Horrible um, sloping pitch, that is. That's, oh, yeah. That's it's so, just like, never it's like kids football, again. isn't it? It's it is, terrible. yeah. Um, and yeah, and the game for me has changed in two moments. Um, Paul Mullen hitting the underside of the crossbar yeah. in, what, the 86th, 87th minute. Fine margins, isn't it? If that's two, three inches lower, goes in off the crossbar, three one up, job done. Um, Max nearly actually gets the rebound when you watch it. He's he not does, a million miles yeah. away from it at all. So even if it hadn't been Mullin on another day, it might fall at his feet. Exactly. And look, maybe it just wasn't our day. Maybe we just didn't have the luck that we've had in, in previous matches. But yeah, that goal at the end was an absolute sickener, wasn't it? Absolute sickener. Um, long ball over the top should be defended. Simple, simple to defend. Yeah. Rubbish goal to concede. 
should have defended it. Um, but keeper, people Wait have spoken about Mark Howard a lot since um, since last Saturday. So I won't go in it too much. He's no, he knows he's made a a big mistake. Um, did you hear the just had... just on that before? Did you listen to the uh, the Fearless podcast? I don't. I didn't I know. know you did. I know you sometimes say that you don't. So Tim from Fearless <laughs> said he dropped him a message just of support. Yeah. And Mark Howard sort of reply, I forget word for word, but this is the gist of it. Just said defensive mix ups happen, that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, now later on it was interesting, later on in the pod they had Adam Virgo on who straight away went, Well, it's a goalkeeping error. That was that was a goalkeeping error, you know. Um and as as we often say, more than one mistake leads to a goal, doesn't it? So, you know, we can you can stop the ball at source, you can stop the ball in this case, a little bit after the the initial sort of pass, but unfortunately, Mark Howard's got to clear that out, um, and and anybody else with it uh, is the is the uh, is what you would be told. Um, so uh, I was a bit surprised at his his response to that, but I guess maybe he just didn't want to, you know, publicly in a message say, "Yeah, I've dropped a dropped a clanger there." But his yeah. face looked like it told a story, didn't it? He oh, looked God, like he knew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the cameras don't lie. Do they look devastated? Um, but you're right, defenders as well. They have to cut out the first ball. Don't let it bounce. Get it into Rosette. But fair enough, it's got past the defenders. But after that, he has to commit himself or stay in his goal. There's yeah, a lot to do if he if he stays in between the sticks. That's really that's a really interesting point because um, it's really ironic because uh, earlier that day. In my son's football match, they've got a goalkeeper for his team who is very similar to Mark Howard. If he comes out of his six-yard box, he gets a nosebleed, right? He absolute panic. Um, and ironically, earlier that day, their goalkeeper just decided, because everybody had been shouting at him all game, come out, come out and clear the ball. And he comes out and absolutely wipes out. This is under 40s. Comes out, wipes out some player and gets sent off. <laughs> so I was, I should have known that this was, I should have gone, this is a bad omen. This is, uh, but of course, at that point, I don't think we didn't, did we? We didn't know Howard that was in goal at that point. Um, but like, I couldn't believe it when I watched him then come out and see that. I'm thinking, oh, I've seen this twice today of, you know, some sort of disaster <laughs> from a goalkeeper who doesn't like coming out. Um, but it's, it was, it was horrible to watch. It was like in slow motion for me. I don't know if it was for you. Just like, and the ball yeah. was trickling. I'm like, is somebody going to be able to get to that? Because it it wasn't like booted really hard, was it? It was just like rolling at this slow pace. I was like, somebody's yeah. going to appear out of nowhere now, and nobody came. I was like, oh my god, I don't believe it. It seemed like ten seconds for it to roll into it the did, back yeah. of the expecting an offside or the ref to blow his whistle, but. Not to be, but he strip it back. If you had offered us the same result as Notts County, would we have taken it? Probably. Probably, given our record at Maidenhead and the fact they were in a decent run of form as well. Not the end of the world. It's just frustrating that we could have increased the gap of a win. Yeah. Doubly frustrating that County are actually two minutes away from from losing that game. So the table could have looked a lot different, but... We're still top of the league. Two more games out of the way. Four point cushion now, as we know. I'm not arguing with that. I'm not arguing with that. Right, so what other? I mean, obviously Mullins scores, scores the two goals. Looks deadly. Probably should on another day get a hat trick. Um, 
Well, who else stood out to you in that game? The person that stood out to me was Nathaniel George, for ironically for them, because he ran Max Cleworth ragged down that side. And Barnett, he obviously realised that Barnett isn't really a defensive player as such. So he, he played in that channel. Um, and I bet Max couldn't wait to get off the off the pitch. And you know, he never wants to see Nathaniel George again. He'll have nightmares about him. <laughs> yeah, in regards to Brexham players who stood out, no one really. Obviously, Mullin with the the goals, yeah. probably our best player as he usually is. But I don't think other than Mullin, anyone really had a, a game where you'd say, "Wow, he was good tonight." Memorable, yeah. Exactly. It was, it was a six out of ten performance, wasn't it? On another day, we would we could have got away with a six out of ten performance and won the match. But no, I'm with you, the Maidenhead player, George. Gave um, Max and other players, to be fair, the runaround. I thought he was a very, very good player. Um, and the, you know what? They're a decent team, Maidenhead. I know they're, they're a mid-table team at yeah. the moment. Yes. But whenever I see them play, I think they're, they're, they've got some good players, some good technical players. I think Barrett has always been a very good player for them as well. And Devonshire also see, always seems to have our number in terms of tactics and outwitting us. And like I say, he's beat us twice or three times in a row away from home at Maidenhead and they got a draw here last season, although we did have 10 men in that game for most of the match. It's not a very nice team to play against and when they came to the race course this season, we only won, I think 1-0, wasn't it? And they yeah, were just hard to break down, solid, tough, compact, yeah. sort of dangerous on the break as well. Um, but yeah, no one really stood out in terms of a Wrexham player apart from Mullen, but yeah, George, for me, was man of the match, and I think he got the BT Sport man of the match as well. Uh, it was interesting. I saw some criticism for Howard on the first goal. I'm sorry, you're never going to get... no. Got, Leighton wouldn't have got to that. That was, you know, it was out of nothing, wasn't it? It was a worldie out of nothing. you, you got to shot, stop the shot somehow, uh, but that's not Howard's job, to, you know, as such. You need a defender or a midfielder to engage and stop the shot from that source. I don't think anybody saves that. I, I'm not having well, that uh, criticism. No goalkeeper in the world saves that. No chance right into the postage stamp. Um, the way to stop it is to block the shot. He had yes. too much time outside the area, didn't he? So, yeah, can't blame Howard for the first goal. No chance. No. No. Okay. So, I guess we were... Um, it was just, you know, one of those days where we nearly, nearly did enough. Didn't go for the kill, perhaps. And then you leave yourself susceptible then, don't you? If you don't kill a team off to some sort of late dodgy penalty a ref gives or a set piece or a national, you know, the National League comes back to bite you, doesn't it? And you, those are the <laughs> lessons that you have to learn, I think. Yeah, 1-0, always a dangerous scoreline. Um, and that's why I'm glad we killed the game off early on Tuesday. Just yeah. keep going, get the extra goal and... And to be fair, like I say, another day we would have got away with that. We would have said, all right, not our best performance. We got a 2-1 win. That's what champions do. They don't play well, but they still win. It's just a moment of madness at the back, which soured my Saturday, not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it did everybody. And there was yeah, a but, meltdown on social media, as you uh, can imagine. I would have hated to be on the bus. Media. To be honest, yeah. I would have hated to be on the buses coming home, you know, four-odd hours uh, on a bus. Um, I saw some ridiculous tweet. Mark Howard should never play again. He should hang up his gloves. Oh, come on. Uh, no. Not go overboard. Um, but as you say, four points from those two games. 
happy with that. Happy with that. Yeah, I think well, as, I, as I say, that that was what I predicted. It was just it came in a different order. Yeah. Um, it came the wrong way round. Um, yeah. And obviously, like you were, like you touched on before, we just earlier. Well, I I was at home, so I was watching it via the magic of uh, the internet. I'd watched the Notts County game, and obviously they'd really struggled and scored a 88th, 89th, a very late equaliser uh, to, to rescue a point. Um, and I guess that adds to the, that just added to the frustration, I guess, in the fact that you had this opportunity to get even further ahead um, because everybody realises how tough this is going to be going down to the wire. Um, and then obviously you concede the last minute goal. And in the manner that it is, I guess that's the, it's that, it's that, mixture of how it all happened i guess wasn't it that frustrates people yeah it's a cocktail of different things wasn't it that spoil our saturday yeah. would have been so so happy of us getting a win and extending that gap um but not meant to be but i'm really glad it's not affected the squads because no. they've come out tuesday and put in the performance of the season in my opinion yeah but it's good that Mentally, it's not still on our mind. Parky's obviously rallied them, told them we go again, forget about it. Um, and in the end, it might be a good point at the end of the season. As sad yeah. as that sounds, defeatist as it sounds, it might be the point that wins us the league. So, yeah, it was an eventful weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. Uh, I, agree, I agree, it was very eventful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's... Uh, Let's touch on a little bit of news um, before we uh, cover the uh, the ladies' football. Um, so I don't know if you if you saw there was actually a bit of uproar this week. The Athletic have uh, laid loads of uh, journalists off uh, who normally cover some of the big clubs. Like they have a, a dedicated journalist for Rangers and Celtic, and a lot of them have been. Uh, uh, have been relieved of their duties um, because of the fact that, I guess, people aren't subscribing to The Athletic. You have to pay for it. Um, but they've managed to find a reporter for Wrexham. They've got a dedicated reporter for Wrexham. So this has angered people. Did you see any of that? Yeah, I didn't see the anger. I knew, was it a few yeah. weeks ago, we had the ex-Sheffield United reporter for The Athletic made the transfer to Wrexham yes. on a loan, so to speak. Um, didn't know about the Rangers and other clubs. Yeah, there's loads of them that they've yeah. uh, they've let those uh, let those people go. So we bear the brunt of it now. Why why should Wrexham have somebody in Rangers and Celtic and some of these other big clubs not? I think Wrexham are more interested than Rangers and Celtic at the moment. If I'm being honest. Yeah, Rangers well, we're biased, not... I guess, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think we're the most entertaining, newsworthy team in the country at the moment. In terms of what's happening off field, yes, and what's yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I get, yeah. I get that, I get that. So <laughs> I get that. Um, Sam Dolby got an England call up. He's uh, going to the world. No, he's not going to the World Cup. He's going to the England C team. They've changed the format this year, so it's one player from each team. Um, yeah. So um, uh, no, uh, no call up for Mullin. I think they're all Welsh Prem players, actually. Um, but Dolby got an England C call up alongside Sparrow, Langstaff. Um, so is Sam Dolby going to be playing for England C in the in between a couple of games, or is he going to be uh, nowhere near that? Do you think? I hope not, because it's detrimental to our title hopes. I think it happened last year. Was it Tozer who got called up? And, he and ended Mullen, up, wasn't it? 
on. Yeah, I think they both, both turned their noses up on it. Yeah. Um, if Sam Darby wants to play for England, see, go for it, Sam. But I'm hoping Parky has a word in his ear and just says, look, the rest of the you've got a title charge on our hands here and you've got yeah. a big, big part to play. And if you get injured in that game, we are um, in a little bit of trouble. So I, as selfish as it sounds, I hope he doesn't play. I hope he comes up with some random excuse to get out of it. Um, certainly hope Langstaff plays, though. Yeah, that'd be um, nice. Yeah, and breaks a leg or something, yeah. I wasn't yeah. going to say break a leg. Maybe <laughs> twists an ankle or something. <laughs> um, speaking of Notts County, that game, no surprise, it's on BT Sport. I don't think there was any shock, really, in that, was there? Um, televise it. I'm glad it stayed at three o'clock, though. Yeah, oh, it's the Monday, remember, as well, isn't it? So, um, yeah. so the best, the team with the best home record in the division against the team that's got the best away record, I think. Uh, although that yeah. might change after the weekend, but I think they get most more points than anybody away. So it's uh, it's destined to be a draw, that isn't it? Very obviously. Oh, I'm already nervous for that match. <laughs> if the title's still on the line, I don't think I'll be able to bear to watch it. It's going to be a a roller coaster of emotion. So I just hope when we get to that game, we've got a, a nice cushion because... If the gap's less than three points, it's going to be a very nervy affair. So, okay. yeah, already nervous for that. But that, I think, is going to be the biggest match in National, National League, League history. history. I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. I I mean, you know, uh, obviously it's what the most recent big game in, in National League history as well, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, um, I, uh, I I agree. Um, so just a couple of other things. There's a little bit of transfer news this week. Um, in the uh, the Andrew Dallas obviously made his way from che- uh, Solihull to Chesterfield on loan. His contract's up in the summer, so I guess I don't know whether he'll uh, he'll stay there or whether he'll look for a move straight away or what in the summer. Um, I guess they'd have got a small fee, Solihull. Um, but that is the one deal that I would have hoped that we would have had a sniff around was to was to get him to give just give us that extra option and somebody who could good enough to climb up the leagues with us with us is what I thought. But obviously it wasn't meant to be. But that's a good capture for them. Yeah, Chesterfield's have won two on the bounce now. Got some decent signings. I think they're rumoured to be after someone else as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's Lapata from uh, that was the uh, that was it's Casper Lapata, the defender who uh, relieved himself of his duties from uh, Southend because he wasn't being paid. Yeah, so Southend's with those recruits and starting to turn around in terms of form, they could be the the form team going into into the playoffs come May, and yeah, it could be a problem no for somebody. Want to play? Yeah, it could be a problem for someone. Hopefully not us. <laughs> yes, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, we'll we'll end this little section of news before we go on to the women, um, with the sad news today about um, James from Luxembourg Red. Did you see this? Unfortunately, this uh, broke this afternoon. So, uh, a very uh, a, f- a very long term Wrexham supporter who was uh, living out in Luxembourg at the moment from Wrexham, um, and he travelled a lot to uh, Wrexham games uh, from Luxembourg. It used to sometimes take him half a day of travelling. Um, but unfortunately, after a short illness, he's, uh, he's passed away. And that's that's a real 
Sickner because you know he was really well liked. People knew him. Lots of people followed him because of the you know his story. Obviously, being out in Luxembourg and following Wrexham. So uh, thoughts to his family and uh, yeah, never never good to lose a, a Wrexham fan. But um, you know somebody quite popular as well. I don't know if you've ever came come across him or not, but uh... yeah. Didn't know him personally, but obviously saw his his tweets about his adventures um, from Luxembourg to Wrexham and his flag as well, instantly recognisable. And yeah, it's Decker, what you said, it's tragic, isn't it? Really sad news. Such a young age as well, a young family. Um, I think I've seen already that there's going to be some sort of tribute amongst the fans. Um, so let's, let's touch on that because... Uh, okay. um, I think it's on Saturday. The idea is that in the 47th minute, tying in with his age of being 47 years old, um, we're hoping to do a uh, uh, minute's applause uh, in the 47th minute. So uh, that's the current plan. So hopefully, and I'm sure Southend will obviously, uh, you know, those boys have been very nice to us, actually, given the fact that we've been raising money for them and stuff. So they're not going to want to spoil the party or anything. Uh, you know, they'll be getting right behind that. So uh, if if you're wondering what's going on in the 47th minute, then it's uh, it's for, for James. So, yeah, nice little uh, nice little sign of uh, appreciation there on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, any other news? Anything else? So, I mean, we'll touch on the world we'll, when we come back in a minute. We'll touch on the women, but uh, not county tickets on sale oh, Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's nine thirty a.m. Getting the queue in it, and it's one per member. Yeah, so there's going to be a queue system like we saw for the match against Sheffield United, where even if you do join half nine, you'll probably be about three thousand people already in the queue. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a mad scramble. So I've made sure I've got no meetings on Friday morning. So my <laughs> half nine till half ten slot is completely dedicated to the the Wrexham ticketing Trying website. To get tickets, yeah, uh, scalp good luck tickets. And <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. good luck to everyone who's uh, trying, trying to get a get ticket in the queue in the Ticketmaster queue. Trying to get a ticket. And his best made Mickey tea. So we won't spoil the uh, the women's update too much because Carly's back to give us her update, um, which I'll obviously I'll I'll, I'll play in a second. Um, but I, we will obviously just uh, we'll get into the detail of the game, but we will just highlight the fact that the the ladies' team have won eleven games out of eleven, I think, this season. Uh, they won eleven one at Rill, which means they're they're, uh, they couldn't be caught at the top of the table and they'll lift the trophy at home. Uh, the race course, ironically, in that, that game that uh, people can still go and buy tickets for. Um, so the women have beat us to it, uh, the men to it. Uh, they've lifted the lifted another trophy. Um, and obviously that's a real springboard for them as they go into uh, a more professional uh, outfit, I guess, next season, isn't it? Given that they... Uh, they are going to uh, up the levels in that uh, in the ladies. Yeah, congratulations to the, the ladies team. Um, looking at the results in the table, very much well deserved. Um, the game at the race course, the sort of crowning ceremony, if you like, should yeah. be a 
fantastic occasion for the players having the chance to play in front of thousands of fans at the race course and lifting the trophy afterwards that's going to be a, a day they'll never forget um disappointed i can't go because i'm not in the country otherwise i would have Same um, where are you i'm in sharm el sheikh where are you oh somewhere not as warm i'll oh. be in sweden <laughs> oh are you yeah oh, what a life you're an international traveler you are you're in De uh, dubai the other week Saudi Arabia. Aye, same thing. Almost. Same yeah. thing. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, back on top, I'm just looking at the, the ticket sales on, on the stadium map and looks like the mold road, if they've opened all of the blocks, is um almost sold out. I can only oh. see a few a few blobs in some of the, the wings on the left and the right hand side. Um yeah, the last thing I saw somebody had said but this is going back a few days now, that they definitely sold 2,000-odd tickets at the time, for sure. But obviously, people have been buying since then as their plans become clearer, etc. And the goal is to sort of beat, I think it was Cardiff ladies who got roughly 5,500 yeah. and a few. Um, so, the, you know, ideally, that's what they'd like to, uh, excuse me, burping, that's what they'd like to, uh, to try and beat that record. Yeah, I think there'll be a big push in the week up to the game if we're hovering around. A quid as well, and it? it's a quid for a ticket. Yeah. What? Yeah, if we're lingering around that three, three and a half thousand mark, I think the owners and everyone involved with the club will be doing all they can to get us over that record attendance. It'd be a great record to beat. And like you say, it's a pound. See the champions of the women's league and uh, lift a trophy at the race course. Um, hopefully it won't be the last time we see a trophy lifted at the race course this season. So, yeah, if you can go, go, because I'm sure the players would, uh, would really appreciate it. Yeah, it's not going to be the last time, mate. There's uh, there's another one coming uh, uh, around two or three games before the end of the season. Unless we lift it at Torquay on the last game of the season. Yeah, well, to be fair, that's <laughs> true. We might win it at one of those games, but we might, yeah, we might lift it at... Uh, Talky. I'm not sure what the uh, what the situation is. Do they have to wait till the last game? I'm probably guessing that they do. Thinking about it, um, even if you win it before, uh, I'm not sure what the protocols are? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happens on the last day. Do they have a uh, two trophies? They oh, have each. Can you imagine that? Oh, yeah. Do you have to have two choppers and one in each? Oh, the drama. I'm not sure I could cope with that. It'll be typical of this season if it does go to the last day, Natalia. It's not going to the last day. I'm confident. Oh, I hope not. So, following on from mine and Alex's conversation about the ladies, uh, let's get uh, an update from our roving reporter, young Carly, who's uh, been out and about watching the under-19s and the... Uh, lady senior team this week and uh, let's get the latest from her Wow, it's been an awesome week for the women's side of Wrexham AFC On Friday night, the under-19 women's team won their match against Felon Helly to become the league title champions Then, on Sunday, the women's team did the same at Rail. Two league title winning champion Wrexham teams. The score in both matches 
was in double figures to Wrexham and with five different goal scorers in each match. The scenes at the end of both matches were joyful, seeing the under-19s lifting the cup and the women's team getting covered in champagne was momentous. On to the match reports. The under-19s played Fell and Helly away and the score was 10-0 to Wrexham. Lily and C1 were both hat-trick heroes. It was a spectacular match with excellent passing. The Fell and Helly team showed good sportsmanship, congratulating our players on their title win at the end. My player of the match was number 25, Emma Burnham. Emma was solid in defence. I really liked her accurate passing up the pitch and she was always ready to make those crucial tackles. The under-19s returned to action in their penultimate league match this Friday at home against the New Saints. Fingers crossed the weather didn't stop the match going ahead. Next up was the women's match away at Rill on Sunday. A massive 11-1 win to Wrexham. All the players and fans watching knew a win would claim the title victory for Wrexham. The atmosphere was brilliant and the Wrexham players seemed to be loving it. Wrexham were dominant in possession and seemed determined that nothing was going to stop them claiming that title. My favourite moment of the match was Lily Jones's free kick. Struck with power, the ball sailed over the keeper and down into the net. It was almost like watching it in slow motion. No, co- no goalkeeper could have saved that one. Rosie was in her element, scoring goal after goal, five goals in total. She was unstoppable. The whole team proved to everyone watching why they deserved to be crowned the champions. My player of the match has to be Kim Dutton, the captain, as she's always been there for her team throughout the whole season and looks out for her teammates. The next women's match is a really exciting occasion and they finally get to play at the race course. They will face Connors Key on Sunday the 26th of March. I can't wait to see the players on the pitch. The team has worked so hard to get to where they are now. They deserve all the support they get. Come on, everyone. Make sure you book your tickets and cheer on our champions. Come on, you Reds. Up the town. See you at the race course. Telling everyone to listen to me. Someday we will be back in the Shall we have a look at the National League? We'll do our little... Let's just bring it up here. Our little National League review. Um, I will just, I'll skim through the bottom just to say that uh, Maidstone lost again, sadly. Scunthorpe actually managed to beat Altrincham out of nowhere, um, which was was an interesting one. Torquay lost Solly Hull and Gateshead managed to draw with Halifax. So those are the four that are in the uh, relegation places as it stands with the Oval and Dorking who pulled out a victory against Barnet the, uh, last night out of nowhere, didn't they? Um, yeah, huge, huge win for, for talking that against a good Barnet side, especially after going behind 1-0 um, in the early stages. Massive win for them. Um, same for Yeovil as well. They've been in awful form recently. but They beat Eastley, who again, who are playoff, playoff contenders in seventh spot yeah. um, in their last game. Yeah, so it looks like we've got a little bit of a 
relegation scrap in our hands. I think like Maidstone are down. Sadly. Um, and Scunthorpe. Yeah, unfortunately. Scunthorpe. I think they they've played another points. game, you see. That's why I think they're uh, Yeah. They're so you're probably looking at one of Gateshead, Yeovil, Dorking, possibly Aldershot and York as well, aren't you? You'll be Halifax are probably safe on forty two. From there up, yeah. prob- probably you're going to pick up enough points to be safe now, aren't you? Yeah, I think it's one team from Gateshead, Yeovil, Dorking, Aldershot. Yeah, it's going to be a rap- proper scrap. Say, yeah, I won't say who I want to go down because that would be unfair. Okay. Aldershot. That <laughs> <laughs> nobody from Aldershot listens to us, so you don't need to worry. No. <laughs> um, so if we look at the top seven, um. So Wrexham now, obviously, because we've played our game in hand, things are starting to even out a little bit now, aren't they? We're getting a clearer picture of what's going on. So we've all 88 points. I think I'm sure I read that's what we finished last season with. So we've got 10 games left and we've got the same amount of points. Bonkers. Uh, So we've got 88 points. Obviously, we've beat Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, uh, Notts County played the same amount of games, 84 points, having the, the draw... Bromley. Now, the Bromley one was interesting because Bromley have lost last night to York City and Bromley have had their goalkeeper sent off. Now, depending on what he's been sent off for, will depend on how many games he misses. So he could potentially miss the Wrexham game. But I don't know enough detail about what he's been sent off for yet um, to know for sure. Um but it, whatever it was, it led to a penalty. So because um, they scored straight, you know, in the next minute from a penalty. So um, uh, and he was useful. He's a good shot stopper. He's a bit wild, uh, a bit erratic around the box. Um, but he was uh, he's a good shot stopper. So um, I'm looking at the match report. It says Bromley goalkeeper Reese Charles Cock was shown a straight red just before the break after Mitch Hancock went down in the area. So that sounds, sounds like, a like he... foul. Yeah, rather than violent long. conduct. Yeah, they would have said if it was a, a punch yeah. or a. So he might, game. he might get I away think... with it. He might just get a one game ban, which means he'll be back. He uh, sounds quite erratic, though. Maybe yeah, it's he is. Yeah, he is. If, he, if he does play, because there might be a mistake in him. Anyway, so third place, Woking, uh, lost to Oldham. Another bizarre result. I think we're starting <laughs> to see the we starting to see the effects of the Saturday Tuesday. The the you know on the squads um is is what i would say so uh so yeah they uh, they lost to oldham uh, whose manager was actually being linked with oxford this week i don't know if you saw that david unsworth is being linked with the oxford job so i found it i found it bizarre but uh, yeah um chesterfield then sitting fourth so they've played a game less still they still haven't caught up from the some of the earlier season, they got behind, didn't they? Um, so they've got 61 points, so they're four points behind Woking and have now won two on the spin. They beat Gateshead and now they've beaten Southend, uh, away at Southend as well, um, which is quite interesting. I think this, the sort of Casper Lapata thing has thrown Southend out a bit because he's their outstanding defender. Um, so uh, I think they're, uh, they're just trying to adapt to life without Casper. Um, Barnet is sitting fifth still, fifty nine points. They lot they obviously lost at Dorking, um, which was uh, a shock result really, given where Barnet are. And then Boreham would have crept up four wins on the bounce, 
Um, so they've crept up into sixth place. Uh, they beat May. Uh, they beat Maidenhead. So they they went to Maidenhead and won one nil. Um, and Eastley sit in seventh, uh, despite losing to Yeovil, who are fighting for their life at the bottom. They take up that sort of seventh spot. Now Southend's interesting because Southend sit in eighth, just outside the promotion spots, four points off Eastley, but they've played two games less, so uh, they could still work their way back in. Uh, but it's probably bet- probably I don't know Bromley still in it Bromley and Weldston still in it probably I are I think even Dagenham Dagenham maybe at 51 about. so probably from 11th is still there's still a scrap there to get into the uh, playoffs isn't there don't write off Solly or Liver they've won two in a row no um, they've lost too many players now eight points off Not no yeah. Dallas no Barnett Joe Sparrow's not going to be happy. I think they've got a run in them. I'm not disregarding them just yet. They lost the other big... Was his name Cybulski, the big centre-forward that they bring on as a sub regularly? He got recalled in his loan, so... Um, I think he scored against Wrexham, didn't he? In the, I think the so. Over Christmas, yeah. So um, so he's been recalled, so uh, yeah, they're... Uh, I think they're in rebuild mode now, ready for next season. Um, so yeah, Dagenham upwards probably there's a bit of a scrap on still to get in those uh, in those playoff places. Um, bit of a scrap for um, third spot as well. Um, obviously, massive, massive advantage finishing third instead of fourth in regards to and miss a game and the home tie. You basically you get a home semi final, don't you? Yeah, worked really um, well for us last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Chesterfield, Woking, maybe. Barnet, Barnet well. probably would have to have a run. Yeah. Barnet yeah. and Bournemouth would have to have a really good run, wouldn't they? Um, yeah. But there's a scrap on between Chesterfield and Woking for that third spot. Yeah. I mean, Chesterfield were third for so long and then didn't pick up any points, I think, in about nine or ten games, did they? Barely anything. So uh, they'll be, you know, they could come to rue that at the end of the season. Um, yeah. Depending on how the playoffs turn out. But, uh Yeah. Um, so I guess that takes us to the weekend and our visitors, which is South End. Um, so they've been through really troubled times of late, managed to stay afloat. The I think the owner's Ron Martin. I think he, he paid the one point whatever million HMRC bill. Um, he's kicked the can down the road, most people think, in, in terms of what, what's happened in the, the fact that uh, the fans still don't want him to be the owner. Um and obviously, they've had these off the field. You know, players haven't been paid. You look at Lapata. Lapata's walked away basically from his contract because legally he's allowed to do that. Um, so they're uh, they're hopefully, for our point of view, hopefully they're not the team that are going to come to the race course and snatch a win. Um, but I suspect their fans will just be glad that they're there at all. Um, in reality, yeah. Um, for now, anyway. Yeah, I'm looking at you, the South End tweets. They think it's a short-term solution. It's yes. just going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I'm very happy they're still afloat, still fulfilling fixtures. Even if it would have benefited Wrexham them being kicked out of the league, good supporters, South End, really good supporters. I'm glad they're um, still in business, so to speak. But like you say, there's a lot of off-field issues going on in regards to players' contracts and players leaving, so a little bit of disarray at the moment. Um, 
not in the best of form, lost three of the last five. Um, so, yeah, you would think, maybe not a straightforward win, but given our home form, it's a game we're going into thinking, yeah, we can get three points here, no problem. I did see, uh, I can't find it now, there was a uh, some South End fans who were hoping to make some small little presentation to either the Wrexham, I can't remember whether it was to the club or to somebody from somebody representing Wrexham fans um, because of the fact that they were, we'd donated so heavily uh, earlier in the season to their sort of collections, um, which obviously they were using for, um, sort of, I think they were doing what we were doing, trying to pay players and put money into the club, yeah. etc. Um, so they are hoping, I don't know uh, how they'll do it, but they're, uh, that was quite a nice touch in the fact that, uh, you know, um, even I, I, it's just a little acrylic plaque with, you know, with uh, with a, a message of thanks. But nice touch in, in given in modern football, you don't see a lot of that. No, yeah, just hatred again, normally in it in fans. You know, that's exactly, what I mean by that. Exactly. But I think, like you say, because Wrexham have been through that in the past, we appreciate and we can resonate with with what the South End fans are going through at the moment. And Wrexham fans always, always known for their their classiness and. Yeah. Compare that to, to Notts County fans who sang something like "Going Bust in the Morning" when yeah. they played a few weeks ago. Um, so little things like that makes you proud to to be a Wrexham fan, doesn't it? Yeah, and hopefully we can maintain that and not be stupid enough to sing whatever. I can't remember what it was exactly they sang, um, but hopefully we've got the, the 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 wherewithal not to sing songs like that. Bearing in mind where we've come from. Um, and the fact that it could still happen to South End. Yeah, I think that coupled with the the minutes to applause in in the early in the second half, um, I think it's going to be a nice atmosphere at the race course. Two sets of fans who appreciate each other are quite similar in terms of stature and having dodgy owners in the past and and previously and right now in South End's case. So I'm sure there'll be lots of respect between two sets of supporters and I'd imagine there'll probably be a fair few fans up to North Wales. Yeah. Um, so what do we expect? I mean, we're expecting a win. I, I say expecting, this is the problem nowadays. We're, go we're going into games expecting wins all the time, especially at home, aren't we? Um, which obviously is in itself is, um, I don't know. You just, you shouldn't expect to win, should you as such? Um, but team-wise, I guess, what do you think is going to happen? Um, assuming not too much changes. I mean, Leighton, providing he hasn't got ill, he's obviously going to stay in goal. Um, does the back three stay the same? If Ford's fit, does he come back in? What what What's your thoughts on uh, mm -hmm. what might happen? If it's a tricky one, isn't it? How can you change the, a team that's just put in the best performance of the season? Yeah. Um, but then you've got the dilemma of do Young. you keep Luke Young out the side? Do you the keep Ford out the side? Do you got the Dolby Palmer situation as well? So Parky's got some some big decisions to make. Um I think the back three will stay the same. I think we need a settled back three. Yeah. Um, even if it's until Hayden does come back. So I think O'Connell and Tozer and Tunnicliffe, pretty sure that will be the top uh, the back, back three. three. Yeah. Or any injuries, illnesses, bugs, etc. Um, 
Does Mendy need a rest? Been playing a lot of football lately uh, after coming back from injury. Obviously, McFadden had a, a 15, 20 minute cameo on um, on Tuesday night. I think Mendy will start. Um, I think he'll probably come off if we're if we're two or three goals ahead midway yeah. through the second half. But I think we'll see Mendy play. Tricky one between Barnett and, and Anthony Ford. Barnett thought, played really, really well on, on Tuesday evening. And then you've got Ford, he's been sort of Mr. Reliable all season. So struggling to call that one. I'm going to go. Think, I think Barnett's going to stay inside because we're. Yeah, I was going to say my gut instinct would be Barnett because he's got the license to to go forward a little bit more because it is a home game. Yeah, that's, um, that just, just came to me then. I thought if this was a trickier way tie and Ford was back, I wonder if he might go with the more experienced sort of professional. But given how good he was the other day, Barnett, and we're at home and we should see more of the ball, hopefully, than them, then that I think Barnett's going to play, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be the same back five as Dagenham. Okay. Midfield? Does oh. Luke Young get more of a rest? Does Andy Cannon need a rest because he's only just come back and we've asked him to play a lot of football? There's different ways you can look at it, you see, isn't there? Um, you go first. <laughs> I think Luke Young will come back in and play with Cannon. So you're having Young, Cannon and Lee? Um, so is it too soon for Jordan? He only gave him a few minutes the other night, didn't he? Didn't give him like 10 or 15 minutes. Is he being super safe with him? Is he not quite match fit enough to start? I think Lee plays because Lee done nothing wrong. Bryden is fit. I think we go, I think Bill Parkinson will pick Cannon, Young and Lee. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think Lee definitely is the number 10. Um, Still think it's too early for, for Jordan to be starting matches. I don't think he can leave Young out for two matches in a row. I think he's had his rest now. So I think we'll see Lee. I think we'll see Young. Yeah. And, and I think we'll see Cannon as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then up top, I oh, I'm torn. I'm torn. <laughs> I think I don't think I'm torn because I don't think Sam Dolby had done too much wrong to be taken out the side. Um, and but Palmer has come in. I, Mullins clearly he's not going to drop Mullin, is he? He's going to play him. No. I th- I'm not saying that's what I do. I think I would be looking for games where I could rest him, but uh, I don't think. I think I agree with you. I don't think Parky's thinking like that. So it's just the other two. What do you do? And given the fact that Palmer's scored two, could have had three or four. I guess I think he's going to play him. Uh, and I think it'll be the same. I think he'll pick the same two up, up top. I think you probably agree with that. Yeah. Dolby's been really playing really, really well um, last few weeks. But I think if you've got Palmer in form and if you've got Dolby in form, I think you've got to pick Palmer. And he looked back to his best on, on Tuesday. Two great goals. Should have had more. Um but that's not to say Dolby can't come on after after 60 minutes and yeah. have a big influence on the game and stake a claim to start the next match. So, and it seems like Dolby's a really good professional as well. You hear players in interviews saying how hard he works in training, how he takes it on the chin when, when he doesn't start matches. I don't think that will disappoint Dolby too much. Um, I think if he comes off the bench, he'll be raring to go. 
back him to get a goal, as we've seen a few times, him coming off the bench at the race course. I think against Wealdstone, he came on and played really well and, and scored a goal to make it 3-1. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Palmer starts, um, like I say, just because a fit Palmer um, is above a fit Dolby, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So score predictions, I'm I'm hoping for a clean sheet and a couple of goals, which will help our goal difference because um, we've got a bit of a goal difference advantage now, obviously. Um, so uh, I'm hoping for a 2-0 victory. I'll put it out there. Yeah, it would be nice to get some more clean sheets. That's another reason why, why Tuesday was such a bonus because we got a clean sheet against a team who were, who were quite dangerous in front of goal and... It was only our third since the turn of the year, yeah. which is uh, slightly worrying. Um, yeah. Stick with the same back five. Let's get a clean sheet. I'm with you on that one. Um, South fan don't concede many goals, to be fair to them. Um, yeah. I think yeah. 34 games played, they've only conceded... 34, same 34. as us. Yeah, so... The problem is they've scored 50 goals less than us, so that's where they struggle. <laughs> yeah. Because they so... can't keep Jake Hyde fit, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I can't say the same as you, can I? I'm going to go 3-0. Okay, I can see that. I can see why you might, yeah. at home, think we might do a do a little bit better. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, commentary duties, watching duties, any duties? <laughs> I'll be there, I'll be there. You'll be there in the tech end. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll be on commentary duty in the Wrexham Lager stand. So, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a good game. Yeah. Um, and as, as like we said before, it's nice just to, you know, that next week to have that rest because Notts County actually play midweek next week, don't they? Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. Is it Eastleigh? Uh, I, can I know they've got um, Dorking on the TV on Saturday night, haven't they? It is for them. Let me just click through here. The supercomputer says it is Eastleigh. At home, though, I guess their next two games are at home um, before they go away to Barnet. So uh, you know what? I've got a sneaky feeling. Dorsey might, might get a point. Oh, you know, not Dor, no, no, no. I no. think Dorking. Obviously, they've beaten Notts County already this season. I think Dorking go there. Just think, Mark White mentality. Bring the action. Give them a good game. They might get beat six 0 but they might win three two. I I don't know why. Maybe it's the the Notts Dagenham game playing tricks on me. But I think Dorking might pull off the result of the season and get something there. Um, and like you say, Eastley, decent team as well. So that's not going to be easy for Notts County having played the Saturday as well. So I'm feeling very positive. I think Notts County might drop points in one of those matches. Yeah, I don't think it's the Dorking game though. It's Eastley <laughs> is the one. I think. <laughs> I'm going to go on record and say killed, it, I'm 5-0 up to Notts County or <laughs> Dorking might make a 2-2 or a 3-2. Yeah, I think I think they'll comfortably see off Dorking. He says, I, I can understand, though, where they are, just free-flowing attacking, aren't they? You yeah. can get you could get drawn into a Dover-type game with them, couldn't you? Exactly. Um, Mark White, I think he said in an interview for the Wrexham match, he's going to come to Wrexham. They might get beat 6-0. They might, it might be 5-6-5 five, five to either team. You don't know. But you know they're not just going to sit back and let Notts County pick them off. It'll probably be quite an open game. So you can quote me on that. And this okay. time next week, we'll see. If you get smashed, I'll hold my hands up. 
I think I think they I think Eastley go there and get a score draw. Yeah, we've seen it a few times this season. I think they drew at home to Bromley, to Boreham to Yeovil. So they do struggle sometimes to break the mid-table teams down, so to speak. So, yeah. They've still got something Come to fight for, haven't they? Because they're on that sort of, you know, they're in that last promotion spot. Exactly, so, yeah, um... exactly. So I'll be on National League TV that night. Uh, yeah. Keeping a really close eye on things. Yes, same as me. Good stuff. Right. Well, you enjoy your commentary duties. Uh, make sure you should plug your, you should plug your commentary duties again. Really, come on, do do you come on, do some proper work. Okay, so anyone at the ground, or if you know anyone, he'll be at the ground on Saturday for the match against Southend, or any home match, um, which Wrexham play. Then you can take advantage of free audio description commentary, which is for fans who are blind or vision impaired or just struggle to see um, the opposite end of the pitch, who want some detailed commentary um, and want to keep up with speed, keep up to speed with what's happening. Um, so we'll tell you exactly where the ball is at any one given time. We'll tell you who's got it. We'll tell you the exact colours of the away team's kit. And we'll be ultra descriptive. And we're basically your sort of pair of eyes for the 90 minutes, really. Um providing ultra-detailed commentary. All of our commentators are fully trained by Alan March Sport, who sort of have the monopoly of audio description services across the, the UK football team. So if you are going to the ground or you know anyone who's going to the ground on Saturday who um, is having sight issues, whether they're blind, partially sighted, vision impaired, please, please take advantage of the service. It's completely free, like I say, and you can access a receiver um, by contacting one of the stewards or going to the 1864 suite entrance on the Mold Road. Um, there'll be people outside there who'll be able to give you a headset as well. Um, recommended you bring your own headphones purely for hygiene reasons, but if you don't have your headphones with you, then we do have a few spare pairs um, amongst the audio description team. So, yeah, if it's something that can benefit you, please, please, please um, take advantage of the service. Spread the word if you know anyone who might benefit from the service. Um, you can follow our Twitter account, which is Wrexham underscore AD, um, for all details about the service. And we do it for every single home match. And we've covered every single home game this season, did every single home game last season. And I think ball one match, we've done every single home game since the 2018-19 season. So we're there if you need us, and it'd be a privilege to uh, to deliver the service to you. Brilliant. Right, do I make money for that advert, or, or what happens? Uh, speak to me. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, good stuff. Right, we'll come back with three points in the bag, with County having dropped points somewhere, <laughs> and we'll be feeling... All rosy. Yeah. Um, so Notts yes. County have played a game more than us by mm. this point next week, won't they? But let's yeah. hope the gap is still significant. Yeah. Good stuff. There ain't no horses running around the Kairos anymore 
But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Shine, you'll hear our cries. Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies. We're loyal supporters on a lifelong journey. We'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury. I've been telling everyone I see. I've been telling. I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey T Diane Davis was a druid he Back in the football league